Super Talk Mississippi media production. William Carey University Athletics. Every sport you find exciting. Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. Come on. This is Crusader Talk. Crusader Talk. We're covering everything William Carey University Athletics. From the field to the court and the diamond. On Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Welcome to another edition of Crusader Talk here on a Monday evening. Glad you're with us, whether you're tuning in live on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3, listening online live at supertalkhattiesburg.com, or listening on demand in podcast form, wherever you get your podcasts. And however you join us, we are happy that you have chosen to listen to a little bit of William Carey Athletics information as we bring it to you here on this here program. I'm Caleb Hamill. He's Josh West. Well, Tony's man of the board for us here in our Super Talk Hattiesburg studio. And Josh, coming off of uh, an interesting week for William Carey, we had kind of talked about it on a uh, last show that the games against Mobile had to be moved because of kind of the weather conditions on uh, Monday and Tuesday to where the games had to be played on Wednesday night. So some things got moved around. And boy, did it uh, ever work out for the Crusaders. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I, I always feel like that uh, sometimes in those situations uh, it can benefit the home team. Uh, and certainly, Kerry looked uh, the part. And it was fun to be able to go out and see them play. Um, I was not worried about the ladies. Uh, I've certainly felt like uh, Coach English's squad has just been in this great rhythm. And then for the men, that was the one that I was able to get out there after church and catch the men's game. The men's game was absolutely fantastic. Came out and I think you, you turned around and held up six fingers. It was six made threes in a row to start the game. Yeah. And a 15-point lead early. Six in a row? Six in so a row. To, made the first six, six, six to six start threes. the game. Wow. And then we're up 15. And then, of course, you knew Mobile was going to make that run, which they did. Yeah. But – Kerry never surrendered the lead, never panicked, and made big plays down the stretch. The man that can tell us more about that, what we just got on the line, is uh, Kerry men's head basketball coach and Hall of Famer and legend in coaching, uh, Steve Knight. The, the titles can go on and on for it days. It absolutely can. Hey, <laughs> Coach, how are you? I'm great. You guys are too nice. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't realize you, you were having a whole press event uh, today with the Eagle Hour earlier today, and now you get to join us as you do regularly. But uh, happy to have some of your time, and uh, glad you haven't blocked this number by this point. Hey, no problem. All right, so let's kind of go chronologically uh, for all our listeners out there. Uh, Josh and I were just talking about how great of a start William Carey got off to against Mobile, and that really carried your team through to the very finish. I was amazed, and we talked about this post game for your team, which is not a huge three point shooting team, but caught fire in the early going, starting off six for six in three pointers. Yeah, what a start. Uh, situation where I think it put Mobile back on the heels early and a little frustrated, um, but uh, it's a long game when you make. <clears throat> excuse me, when you make six in a row to begin the game, you know that you know they'll fight back. They've got a really good team, one of the best in the country, and it turned out to be a, a battle all the way through. And we pushed out a little bit there with a couple minutes left and got us an eleven point lead, and they came right back and we nailed it down with some free throws but uh, great environment great start we we felt like this year's bunch would be a pretty good three-point shooting team but we just didn't do it early 
in the season and our our numbers have been steadily climbing and then we'll hit that game every now and then where um you know we don't shoot it very well and i kind of scratch my head a little bit uh, we just love to be more consistent there's nights where uh, uh, one game at home we shot 47 percent for the game uh, the other night we shot, shot 47 percent the first half uh, but there's been games on the road where we shot 16 percent and 22 percent and just hasn't been as leveled off as we needed to be so coach kind of looking back at how things were done against mobile one your team never trailed in that entire ball game which is incredible for such a talented team as mobile but that hot start really got you in the driver's seat but i I compare this game to some other games that we've gotten to see this year and i think it's one of the first times uh in a while that i've really gotten to see your team really shine through with their starters you look at the final box score and all five of your starters are in double-digit scoring led by dylan brumfield who had 17 uh the other four starters in uh smith gross moore and laws all had 11 points and it was really huge for your team to get those guys on the scoring column because sometimes the bench players haven't been there, even though Harrelson and Campbell have been uh, pretty good producers. Yeah, those two guys have done a nice job off the bench. But, you know, we just don't want to drop down too much when we, when we have to substitute. Uh, we're fortunate that uh, Emil is, is healthy again. Mm-hmm. And I think with uh, with his experience and, and getting a few more games under his belt this year, he's going to be big for us down the stretch. Whether he's playing out on the wing or whether he's playing inside, he can do both. And the the starters, we just, you know, we don't want to wear them down. But there's been several inst- instances where we've had to take guys out, give them a little bit of rest with a lead, and then, you know, the bottom falls out. So, uh, particularly with with Dylan or Earl, they're just so important to our squad, and they both tell me they can play forty minutes a night. Uh, I may hold them to that here coming <laughs> coming up pretty soon. <laughs> uh, well, but, but I'm happy, you know, when we when we've got all five starters playing well and and scoring in double digits, it's a situation one that they're playing well, but two, typically it's a faster paced game. And, and not a half-court game, and, and that's kind of uh, – we, we feel a little bit more at home when we're getting up and down the floor and getting some transition baskets and, and causing turnovers and being active with our defense. And uh, most of the games where you see where we don't score as many points, it's because we, we're not able to turn the, the uh, other team's offense over and get in transition. So it's just – a for us, I think an energy level thing. We've got to play hard all the time. We've got to play um, through throughout the game, changing defenses without making mistakes and, and basically just causing havoc. Uh, he is Steve Knight uh, joining us talking about the 74-70 win William Carey over Mobile. And, Coach, we spoke about it up at Blue Mountain, uh, and Carey hit a big three late in that game. And you told me you're like, uh, Gross can shoot the three. He comes out, hits his first three threes in that game against Mobile. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I know Coach was kind of hinting at maybe what was to come, but that was just the type of thing that you were looking for because, boy, does that expand the scouting report for the competition now. Yeah, it really does. When you've got a five man who, who typically um, 
the other team's five man is not great at guarding beyond the line. Uh, so not only does it pull him out to contest a shot, but it also opens up the middle of the court for guys that are aggressively putting the ball on the floor and, and taking it to the rim. So, you know, he can shoot a certain type of shot very consistently. And if he'll just stick within himself, uh, in other words, I, I think he's a catch-and-shoot guy with his feet already set. He's a good shooter. If he has to put it on the floor, if he's moving to catch the ball off of a pass and then has to get set, he doesn't shoot it very well. So the problem, you know, when a guy makes three in a row, he thinks everything's going in. So instead of taking all, you know, uh, spot-up shots, he, he tries to do it a little bit too much. And next thing you know, at the end of the game, he's, uh, he, you know, he's not – he was three for three, but then all of a sudden he's uh, four for ten, um, and that happens with a lot of kids, a lot of young kids. They, once they get hot, uh, they think every shot's going in. And uh, of course, I, I like that attitude. Uh, I had it myself as a player. I, I tell them all the time. I said I never took a shot I didn't think I was going to make. If you don't think you're going to make it, don't shoot it. So. It's just uh, kind of playing within yourself and being able to settle down and understand what really works for for uh, you as an individual. I think Kobe Moore is the same way. Kobe's an excellent spot-up shooter and doesn't shoot as well off the move. So, um, you know, those two guys just have to play within themselves and get to the right spots. And, and the other guys typically uh, do a nice job of driving and kicking to them when they're open. Coach, we're coming up closer uh, on a break right here, and we got you for uh, two segments tonight. We appreciate uh, you being flexible and helping us out here covering uh, the sure. early half of the show. Uh, but we uh, recapping here on the show, uh, for those listening, William Carey, 74-70 to 70 win over uh, recently number 11th in the country ranked Mobile. That poll came out basically right before the game began. And uh, quickly, Mobile was handed yet another loss on the season. And with that, William Carey uh, improves in their record uh, ahead of their game against Dalton State, which was on last Saturday. When we come back, we'll recap that road trip out to Dalton, Georgia, as the Crusaders took on the Roadrunners of Dalton State. Love that mascot, by the way. I love the uniqueness of some of these SSAC teams we've got. Got the Roadrunners now behind us, as well as the Rams. We'll recap the Roadrunners next and also look ahead to the Nighthawks of Thomas University as our conversation with Coach Knight continues. This is Crusader Talk. Listening to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Back here on Crusader Talk as we continue the conversation regarding basketball with head coach of the men's team, Steve Knight. Here on our program tonight, I'm Caleb Hamill with Josh West and Will Tony here in the studio. And we were just 
finished up recapping William Carey's win over number 11th ranked Mobile. And it's the second time William Carey has beaten Mobile. Uh, once on the road in front of a huge crowd and a pretty good crowd at Clinton Gym the other Wednesday night. I think we're kind of competing with uh, Wednesday night church activities for some attendance there, and that's understandable, but still a pretty good crowd that came in uh, that night to watch a rivalry matchup. In fairness, that night the weather was such that there weren't many churches that were having services. They, once you got up to Jones County, yeah. there were definitely were. Around Hattiesburg, I didn't see many cancellations down here. I know in seminary we canceled. Yeah, yeah, I could see that a little further up the road there. But now we turn our attention to uh, the most recent game that has been played for the Crusaders, and then we'll look ahead to uh, what's on the horizon. Uh, but William Carey takes a trip to Georgia on Saturday and fall to Dalton State 71-67. to This was a very physical game, uh, especially on the Dalton State side. And one of the starkest things that stand out in the box score for us is that Dalton State attempted 34 free throws, uh, making 22 of them, and Carey only had 14 attempts. And one of the best shooting free throw days I think I've seen this season for the Crusaders. They shot 85.7% from the line. Shouldn't have many chances there and uh, fallen just four points. Coach, this was a game that was really close right there towards the end. It was. It could have gone either way, and we just didn't quite get close enough to. I think we got within three late. They made. uh, We got a stop, but then they got an offensive rebound and went back up for a putback, and we we fouled the young man. He made both free throws and got it back out to five. There were basically two possessions in the game that we needed to, to win on the defensive end. Um, in order to to win the basketball game, both of them, of course, late in the game, and both times they got offensive rebounds and scored. Um, so that was that was the game right there. If we had if we had uh, gotten the rebounds and gone down and scored, you know, we probably would have won that basketball game. But they were just really active. If you notice, they out rebounded us nine, I think it was, on the game, and and we very rarely get out rebounded. No. They had a ton of energy. They've got nice size on their team, good athletes, and and they just went after every board late, and we just couldn't we couldn't keep them off the glass. We we had some foul trouble during the game. Dylan Brumfield, I didn't even start him the second half. He got his third foul with mm. about a minute to go in the first half, and you know I hated to even put him back in, but with two fouls, but I didn't I didn't want the game to get away from us and unfortunately his foul was on a a block out uh on a on a shot that they took and they got him for a hold in there and so the second half started and, and I didn't even start him. We didn't play him for six or seven minutes, just trying to milk him uh to where we could get him and and, and be able to finish the game and and when I did get him back in, we, we cut the lead. They had gotten it out to 11, and we cut it back to to five or six really quick, and I got him back out um, with about seven minutes to go. I was hoping to make it through the um, six-minute media timeout and then have him finish the game. And, and uh, it didn't get terribly out of hand, and we got him back in, and we just inched a little bit closer. Um, just couldn't pull it off there at the end, but I think they played with 
a lot of energy and effort, and our guys showed a lot of grit uh, coming back and, and playing hard down the stretch. It, they had a great crowd. Dalton usually draws very well, and, you know, I think they just outplayed us a little bit. Not much, but just a little bit. Yeah, you know, I always think back to even the times that I had as a public address announcer before I took the uh, the radio chair down there, um, and it really seemed to me in my memory that games against Dalton State were always very physical, very sometimes even chatty at times, but they were games that would almost incite the crowd to respond and get into it. Is that the same truth for a road game against Dalton State? Yeah, it is. They. You know, they recruit, um, you look at their roster, they've got kids from Chicago and Detroit and D.C. and Atlanta and, you know, inner city kids. They'll, they'll jaw with you a little bit. And, 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 you know, I think we're a big rival game for Dalton, uh, as far as they're concerned because, um, they came into the league, uh, during the, uh, 2010 to 20, uh, 2020 run that we had, where I think we won the league seven or eight times during that stretch. And they just started a program, got accepted in, in our conference, and they wanted to be the big dog. And so they took it upon themselves to try to beat Kerry every time that they played us. And, and we had some great battles, as you say. And so the rivalry has sort of carried over for for them in particular not so much for us uh, because our, our bigger rival games are the ones that are closer to us mobile and loyola um but uh, they're always ready to play us and they were ready saturday and neither team uh shot the ball very very well i think we were 33 percent on on the game they were 38 and a lot of it has to do with the defense that was being played it was it was, it was a pretty tough game. We'll jump in here. Coach, I, I, w- I want to ask you one thing, and we're, we're going to step back to Mobile for this. Uh, is there any chance that the administration at William Carey will allow the students to start using the chance sacrifice the Rams again? <laughs> well, I think you can do it until they tell you to stop. <laughs> I, I was there when they told us to stop <laughs> several years ago. Well, and, yeah. Hey, it was a different administration back then. Eh? Uh, you know, was, uh, you, like I tell my guys, you never know from game to game. I, I'll, ne- I'll never forget sitting there, and uh, they came over to the PA and said, students, do not chant that anymore. <laughs> it was great. It's My dad used to say, if you don't ASK, you don't G-E-T. Yep. <laughs> yeah, coming out of uh, the rivalry game question there, Coach, um, and then, as you mentioned, more of a rivalry game for Dalton State this past weekend. What's your philosophy behind the mental mindset going into the games that are obviously, you know, the guys know they're bigger, the Loyolas and the Mobiles that are the regional rivals, but then also – you know, needing to basically stick with the process. We hear coaches talking so much about the process to be able to not get too high and too low. Uh, what's your take? Because the team never seems to get rattled. And so just talk about your philosophy there. Yeah, you know, our philosophy is, you know, this game is just as big as any other game on your schedule. It doesn't do you any good to beat this team and lose the next one. Uh, in a game that you should win. 
um, which really wasn't the case for us. We won it, won at home, and I, there weren't a, I don't think there were a lot of people that thought we could go to Dalton and win uh, because their overall record, conference record, is very comparable to ours, and it and it should have been a close game, and it was. So, yeah, we try to just take it game by game. I know that's coach speak, but uh, every game, once you get in conference, when you start trying to get yourself set for conference tournament and the seeding. Every game does count just as much as the other one. So, you know, with that said, this this game set coming up Saturday against Thomas is just—I think it's a really big game for us for for two reasons. One, it would be a good road win against a team that plays really, really well at home. But then we come back, and five of our last eight are at home, and you know, the next four would be at home. Um, so we have an opportunity to, to get a little momentum going into that last week of the season uh, where we go to Stillman and then back home against Loyola and then the next week is conference tournament. So, you know, to be honest with you, I knew that, that Saturday was going to be tough. I knew that the guys really play with a lot of effort on Wednesday and and long bus ride and then practicing uh, Friday night and then playing at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I knew that was going to be tough on on them mentally and physically. And you you could see it at times. Guys get a little bit more fatigued early, uh, earlier than they normally would. And some of the foul discrepancy had to do with the fact that us not you know, quite getting to a position on defense, more reaching rather than moving our feet. So just a situation where it, it, it was very, very tough, and I knew it would be, and all you can do there is say, you know, hey, this game's as big as the last one. Get yourself ready to play. You know, it's not always up to me. I can help motivate you, but really it's got to come from within and um, get yourself right. And I think they have to prepare and get right for every game. And the next game on the schedule is Thomas University, a team that Kerry took right down to the wire, took a Caden Laws uh, last-minute jump shot to give Kerry the lead to hold on and win in regulation there at Clinton Gym. They'll travel on the road to Thomasville, Georgia, to face the Nighthawks there. Coach, Josh will be down there covering that one. We hope that uh, you all both have a safe trip. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's not quite as long as Dalton, but it is a long trip. and. Um, safe travels, Josh, and we'll see you down there. All right, we'll see you, Coach. All right, that is Coach Steve Knight joining us here on Crusader Top. More to come here on this Monday evening. You're tuned in to Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Good conversation with Coach Knight earlier in the show. We joked with him earlier. I had listened back to his Eagle Hour conversation with Bob and them, and uh, Bob had asked uh, Coach Knight about that uh, Southern Miss and Troy game over the weekend, <laughs> and they were talking about how you know, Troy built out like an 18-point lead or something, and he's like, how does a team you know battle back you know, from being down so much? And I just chuckled in my car as I listened, and I said, you're talking to the right guy because Kerry's been in that spot leading by 16 or so and have seen their leads 
either trimmed down to losing it or you know other teams getting within three or less points. While we're on that subject, let me ask you this. Because I was on my way to an establishment in Lamar County to play some music that night. There was about eight minutes left in the game, and it was 60-54. to 54. Troy had the lead. And final score of that game was 64-63. to 63. Right. So in eight minutes, you're telling me that Troy scored three points – and Southern Miss <laughs> scored 10. The offense, <laughs> or, or eight. To, to put it in one word, and this is gimmick infringement of my friend Brian Haydad, <laughs> offense was putrid. God. <laughs> I'll go a step further. <laughs> they were held to seven points for the final 13-52. Oh, wow. That's, was held that's almost some uh, William Carey, Bruton Parker women's basketball yeah, Close to type it. numbers there. Yeah. yeah. So it was going mm. one for 34 and a whole half. Ooh. Wow. Uh, speaking of women's basketball, by the way, uh, kind of look around at the standings right now. Boy, Loyola is on a tear, and it just one it adds a little bit of bitterness into your your mind as a Crusader that you lost to that team by just one point in a game that went right down to the wire, and you just think they could have snapped that. That could have been their one loss on the year in conference play, uh, but. Yeah, Loyola's atop the conference. How does the rest of it look right now? So yeah, Loyola's sitting there at ten and zero. Mobile is at nine and two. Kerry's got a win over Mobile, and then you've got Life and Faulkner in a two way tie for third at eight and three. There's Kerry at six and three, and then Bruton Parker point five and five, and then it goes down from there. Stillman, UT Southern, Thomas University, Middle Georgia State, Blue Mountain, but then the bottom five in the league gets pretty slim. You, you've got three teams with seven-game losing streaks. But when you look at how battle-tested Loyola is, again, they have not lost a game that counts. They lost an exhibition to Louisiana back on November 27th. But you got to go back to Xavier on November 13th. Mm-hmm. The last time they lost a game, that was an 11-point loss. But they also have losses to LSU and Tulane. So they've played a really tough exhibition schedule that has prepared them for this season and those are payday games those are games that are critical to be able to fill in their travel budget and fill in all of their different things they need to run that program so they have played some really good teams and i love it i would love it now coach english would not love me saying this i'd love it if william carey played two or three of those type games rather than just the one game across town over at southern miss it'd be tremendous to be able to get that type of exposure as well as those type of paydays but i joked with you in the break I love the matchup. Final game of the regular season. It's not going to affect Loyola's seeding, but it is going to be a great opportunity for Kerry to have a ton of momentum going into the tournament mm-hmm. and to be able to halt that losing streak, put a little bit of doubt into Loyola's mind right before the tournament. Now, that can also work both ways, right? Yeah. If you're only going to beat them once, you'd rather beat them in the tournament. But I just think that that opportunity doesn't slip past Kerry. I think Loyola comes to Kerry. And I think Kerry can turn the tables on them and get a win to end the regular season. And speaking of women's, they've been on a pretty long extended break. They have not played a game since beating Mobile on Wednesday night because Dalton State does not have a women's basketball team. Then a bye. A bye on Thursday, right? Yeah, there's no game on Thursday for either of these teams, nor Tuesday. Right. Uh, So they're both women and men taking just a solo trip to – Thomasville, Georgia on Saturday, and that's it. Very slim week in athletics 
for William Carey this week. Uh, but all of that will change before uh, the next week comes upon us where we enter crossover season. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have baseball, softball will be starting soon. And by the way, programming note, uh, gonna go ahead and drop this one in there, and you'll want to be a part of this next week. Uh, we're going to have on Robbie Gutierrez, who is from the Twitter account NAIA Ball, former host of the podcast, still an active content creator uh, for that group. He'll be joining us to kind of preview the 10,000-foot view of NAIA baseball entering this 2024 season. Uh, you'll want to catch that. He's He was a great correspondent for us entering uh, Lewiston, Idaho last year and kind of recapping all of the regionals as well. Um, not they only, put a lot of legwork in for that. Not only is that uh, entertaining as far as programming goes, but it's important to our fans who may not be familiar with the entirety of NAIA baseball. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. Because it, there's it, a ton of schools in NAIA. Well, you know, and Will, with just the way media is today, just with the way that, right. you know, newspapers have dried up and content is all behind paywalls That's and you right. can't subscribe to everything. Right. I know that you, maybe, Caleb, run into that. Will, you're going to start running into that this mm-hmm. spring. You cannot subscribe to every single local newspaper that's out there. That's right. And so it gets tricky. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's crazy. The good thing is, if you find the right website, you can find whatever stats you need. <laughs> sure. Sure, but it's just, it's just finding it and, be, yeah, and, yeah. and it not being behind a paywall. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Robbie is a, a good friend of our program, not just because he's been on the show before, but uh, in their last podcast of the season last year, uh, they kind of gave out their awards of you know second team and first team, and they all agreed that there was no reason – that R.J. Stinson should have been left off the first team. And so they consensus amongst themselves put him in as an outfielder in their first team for the NAIA. And that was well-deserved. And, and, Absolutely. And not, not, just, not just as an honorary mention. I mean, he earned that spot, man. Yeah, well, he's he's got uh, a chip on his shoulder entering this season. So we'll preview that a little bit as we uh, move into next week's show uh, still have a couple more minutes in this one in another segment for that matter but uh, just things to look forward to next week as we break down a little bit of baseball and also recap uh, the crusaders trip on the road in thomas or at thomas uh, so Josh just talked about some of the women's basketball standings because Kerry didn't play a game at the end of last week and is playing a slim schedule this week uh, kind of the separation of games is stark uh, compared to some of the other women's teams ahead of them, because uh, Faulkner is eight and three and Carey is six and three, uh, but they're right next to each other in the standings at a tie for third and fifth place. Uh, but with that, I was looking at William Carey's schedule, and from a women's basketball perspective, five of the next nine games are all teams Carey has a win over so far in 2024. Uh, two games of those four others are against Stillman, a team that is currently in eighth place for the league with a losing uh, conference record of four and five. Um, Not to count your chickens before they hatch, but that's a possible seven out of the next nine that William Carey should be favored in. Uh, And then the other two games are, I believe, Loyola and Faulkner, games that Carey has lost this season. And I think Faulkner is going to be a revenge game for Coach English's squad, just like they had a win against Mobile last Wednesday. And, and so is Loyola. Yeah. So you've got two revenge games mm-hmm. and then seven games you're going to be favored in. So Tremendous. A, a good opportunity for William Carey to try to win out. And 
It's all going to depend on what happens with Loyola as to, you know, they control their own destiny up atop the league. But at the end of the day, when you look at how the seeds really play out, this league only is guaranteed, I think, one bid. They may have a second one now that we've added some teams this year uh, with adding Point and UT Southern. But with that, the top six seeds of the conference all have a first day bye in the conference tournament. So that's the biggest thing is you don't want to play Wednesday. Down and, Montgomery. And I also think you want to be opposite of the bracket of Loyola. That's so you do point. not want to be that four seed. You want to be that two, three opposite the bracket exactly. of Loyola. Because as you said, Loyola's already got a couple of games out in front of the rest of the league. That's a good point there, Josh. All right, so now to kind of look uh, back up at the men's side of the standings, we mentioned uh, William Carey went one and one in their games against Mobile and Dalton State. Uh, Mobile, because of that loss for William Carey against Dalton, uh, have gotten back on top of the Crusaders in the standings by a full game. Uh, as right now it stands, UT Southern is 11-0 and as uh, this is not refreshed. They actually played Stillman today at 5 o'clock. UT Southern got the win 85-70. to uh, So pretty stark win over uh, Stillman College. So with that, it's UT Southern at the top. Mobile is in second with an eight and three record. Uh, I believe Stillman. I'm having to do quick math on the percentages, but I believe uh, Stillman, yeah, would be third with a seven and three record. And then in fourth, it's a tie between William Carey and Dalton State with seven and four records in SSAC play. So what you're saying is, is that the men's and the women's side of the league have each have a pair of teams with 13 game winning streaks. Which then my question becomes, if you're a fan of those teams, do you want to carry a 20-game winning streak into the tournament where it's more than likely a one-bid league? Or do you want to just have one of those games where you kind of get that target off of your back? I know there's a lot of question here. Do you want to stay hot or whatever? But when there's only one bid, Mm -hmm. boy, does that bullseye get bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, what I will say is this. And a couple years ago when I was calling baseball for a high school team, they were undefeated. And then they only lost one game all year, but they lost it at the right time before the playoffs started. Bingo. They they lost it about two games before the playoffs started, and it they, it, it it ticked them off. They got more focused, and then they won out. So if you're going to lose, now's the time to do it. <laughs> so when I make the prediction, I think Kerry. I think that's a perfect setup for them to beat Loyola the last game of the season. They might not get to carry without having already lost one. That's right. But if they lose that game, it probably benefits Loyola. If Loyola comes to Hattiesburg and loses, yeah, probably refocuses them for the exactly. tournament. Um, so there's just a there's <laughs> just a lot of you know uh, gamesmanship, so to speak, as to in theory as to what you want to do there. By the way, this is something uh, to kind of scratch your head about entering Wednesday's poll. Mobile was ranked 11th in the country. UT Southern only 18th. How do you have Mobile not just ahead of UT Southern, but seven spots ahead of them? Non-conference schedule. So you mean the win that's really not a win over South Alabama carries a lot of weight in the pollsters' minds on their resume? I feel like they're finally going to maybe get it right at this next poll coming up. Let's hope so. But And that's the first time UT Southern's even entered the poll. They have not been in the top 25 up until this past week. Wow. First time to enter it. When we continue, we'll break down our uh, 
candidates and give you the winner of our Crusader of the Week and also give you the schedule upcoming on this week and next week in William Carey Athletics. Stay with us for one more time here on Crusader Talk. Talking everything William Carey University Athletics. This is Crusader Talk on Super Talk Hattiesburg 97.3 and supertalkhattiesburg.com. Wrapping things up with you here on Crusader Talk this Monday evening. Glad you're with us. Very slim week in Crusader athletics for us this week. As if you like JV basketball, it may be your week. Okay. If you like varsity basketball, well, Saturday is your day, and that's it. That is all she wrote. Yeah, very slim day, uh, or week, I should say, in the Crusader athletics world. But big series for the Crusaders, both in women and men's basketball action against Thomas. Uh, be rematches for both sides, uh, but wins for the Crusaders on both sides for the earlier matchup with those two and, uh, down at Clinton Gym. I believe that was yeah that was back in the 2023 section of the season that they played one another. I mentioned earlier there was just a two-point win for the men's team over Thomas. Uh, women's team got a, a fairly wider margin victory uh, over at Clinton Gym. But you know, to kind of discuss just a little bit further and kind of put a bow on women's basketball uh, for this past week, had some pretty good performances uh, from a handful of players. Uh, Chanel Corpus one that played – with her hair on fire, especially against Mobile. Uh, well, actually, that was the only game. A game against Mobile in which she you know, went off for a double-double and got honors as the SSAC Player of the Week uh, on the women's basketball side. Uh, the final numbers on Chenille, uh she tallied 27 points and 15 rebounds in that 63-48 to win over Mobile. Shot 53% from the field, uh, and those 15 rebounds were a season high, which is also career high considering she's a freshman. Uh, it's also the third career honor for her as player of the week. Yeah, pretty good start to your freshman season. Yeah. And Coach English talked about it post game with me that this was a game that was designed for her to succeed. And you have some games that you know, have a really big post presence down low and are really physical, they'll keep you out of the paint. Uh, but a player like Chenille against the Mobile players that were out there, they had you know the you didn't get to see much of it, Josh. You kind of came in more towards the men's game beginning. But um, Braley McMath is a guard for Mobile. And, uh, they list her at five foot one, and I think that may be generous. Um, so she was left out on the perimeter most of the night. They didn't really have a a tall uh, force down low that could really guard Chenille, and if they could as far as height difference match up with her, they didn't have the quickness to stay with her as she navigated into the paint. It was just a really good matchup situation for her, and she capitalized. Well, and then for Carrie, going back to that, you know, double post presence that they have, whether it's Dede Cuevas now, the, the freshman out of past Christiane that has developed so much and is giving them good minutes off the bench, but it was the return of Colton Blatney because in Blatney's absence – it was an easy scout. Here comes a double team on the catch, it, or you're either going to front her and back her in the post and not even let her catch it. You bring Blakeney in. You've got Blakeney in the high post. You've got Corpus on the block. Blakeney's got the mid-range game. She's got the short corner jumper. She's long. She's athletic. She does a little bit of everything, but she really can score from that 6 to 12 feet range with that little short jumper, and it just opens everything up, and, and they're a nightmare 
right now to guard. And, and again, we keep talking about Rose Warren, ran into Rose Warren. She went to watch her former teammate Lauren Gross on Saturday over at Southern, ran into her there at the end of that ball game and, and just excited. She was excited to see her former teammate play well for ULM. And she's just the smile, the energy. She's relaxed. She's enjoying the game. Um, I loved what you know, Coach English told me on the pregame show a couple of games ago that when Rose came over, he said, look, you have nothing to prove. Don't feel like you have to come in here and prove anything. Just be yourself. Yeah. Just play. And now that they've kind of found the combination, that move to point, um, that's freed things up for Randall to back her up coming off the bench. Randall's more comfortable. Everybody's finding their role and starting to fill their role. That's why will the five game win streak? Well, and and it's something really special when you have a coach that can look at a player and say, "Look, you don't have to prove anything else to me. Just go out there and be you." When, sure, but it, it it's the green light, it, and that's the it's what she needed. It's what yeah. she had at Puckett. When you watched her in the state tournaments in the big house in high school your eyes gravitated to her yeah, and then kind of lost that in the first part of her career. Mm -hmm. And now she's found it again. And so it's fun to watch her play. Yeah. So that's Chenille Corpus and her numbers, as well as a conversation about a couple other players that have been so active in William Carey this year. But Chenille's not going to get my player of the week honors for uh, Seder of the week. We're kind of going to go a little bit off the beaten path here, but there's a good reason why. It's a deep dive. You have to get National Player of the Week honors around William Carey yeah. to guarantee perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. locking up this a This is a deep of the week. dive. Yeah. It really is, but it's a, an honor well-deserved, and uh, Makeda Linton is a participant in the women's indoor track and field team for William Carey. She earned NAIA Athlete of the Week. And so naturally, we have to give her the honor. She's a sophomore from Kingston, Jamaica. She placed fourth in the long jump in uh, this past week's meet at Samford. Uh, also second in the triple jump uh, against a very big NCAA field. A lot of different universities represented out there at Samford uh, this past weekend. And she becomes, let's see, one, two, three, four, I think the fifth crusader this year that has gotten NAIA Player of the Week honor. She joins Maria Azarias, Jamie Wynn, Elias Salmanen, and Mary Angela Jimenez that are previous winners of NAIA Player of the Week in their respective sports. So, pretty good list of athletes. That's a, that's a pretty good company. Could uh, expect some softball or baseball players to join those ranks later this season it's as coming. well. All right, that wraps it up for us on Crusader Talk. Robert Gutierrez up next week. Until next time, good night, God bless, and go Saders. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.